Welcome back to the podcast, Safe Talk with Safe Start. Today, I'm your host, Tim Page Bodorf. Soon, spring will be in the air for most of us, and it can't get here quick enough. As we shake off the flurries of old man winter, our thoughts are going to turn to springtime activities like heading outdoors to the lake or maybe even going flying a kite. But at work and at home, many of us are going to tackle spring cleaning. Now, when most of us think of cleaning at work, things like 5S come to mind. And then the origins of 5S come from Japan and are derived from words I won't pretend I can pronounce here. But indeed, they all start with the letter S. And in English, they're translated like this. Sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. You should know that this is not going to be a podcast on 5S but rather what benefits you can expect from housekeeping, regardless of whether you deploy 5S or not. And if you're in the latter group, in my estimation, 5S is well worth your time at work and at home. All right, enough about 5S. Effective housekeeping can help control or eliminate workplace hazards. Poor housekeeping practices frequently contribute to incidents. Now, if the sight of paper and debris, clutter, or even spills is accepted as normal, then other more serious hazards might be taken for granted. I know quite a few OSHA enforcement agents that will actually take a deeper dive if they see clutter or even poor housekeeping in the workplace. Also, management consultants that are out there, they can get a clear picture of the management style in just a quick five-minute floor observation, especially if there's poor housekeeping. I've often said myself, just to managers, that poor housekeeping is usually a direct reflection of the current management style. So housekeeping is not just about cleanliness. This also would include keeping your work areas neat and orderly, maintaining those halls and those floors so that they're free of slip and trip hazards. We don't want to block those exits. Removing your waste materials like paper and cardboard or other fire hazards also will help you keep it from being well, fire danger. It also requires paying attention to important details, such as the layout of the entire workplace, the way you mark your aisles, the adequacy of storage facilities, and even maintenance. So good housekeeping is actually a part, a basic part, of incident and fire prevention, as we discussed earlier. Some of the benefits that you might get from housekeeping, they're too numerous to list here, but from an exhaustive list, I've just captured a few of them that might be important to you and the benefits that you might expect could come to improve safety, higher equipment availability, lower defect rates for quality, maybe reduced costs, increased production, which gives you more ag- agility and flexibility. You might have improved employee morale. You could even have in- enhanced enterprise management or even enterprise risk management. Think about your image to your customers and suppliers. You'll have reduced handling to ease the flow of materials and logistics. Fewer tripping or slipping incidents, decreased fire hazards, lower worker exposures, better hygienic conditions, more effective use of your space. I can go on and on. So as you can see, there's lots of benefits to keeping that facility or your facilities in ship shape. Now remember, if you're complacent about safe housekeeping, Employees may even become desensitized to poor practices, and they, th- they themselves will become unable to identify hazards, which, of course, puts them and your 
organization at risk of injury. So here's some general housekeeping rules to remember. Housekeeping has got to be everybody's responsibility. It's not just one person or the housekeepers or you know janitorial or sanitary services. It's everyone's responsibility. Clean up after yourself. You got trash and debris laying around, pick it up. Dispose of it properly. And keep your work area clean throughout the day. You know, minimizing the time needed to uh, clean a larger mess at the end of the day, well, it, it helps. And honestly, I don't know if you've ever cooked, but in the kitchen, you try to keep up and maintain that as you go. Um, I could see that being used at the workplace as well. Now, don't wait till the end where you've got a big pile to clean up. And sometimes if you're a perfectionist like me, you might want to put that off because you don't know if you can do it correctly or in the time that's needed. Dispose of your combustible and flammable materials properly. If they're improperly discarded, it increases the likelihood or potential for a fire. Any protruding nails, remove those. Any sharp objects, remove those. You got a hammer, flatten it out or pull it out with the other end of the hammer. You got materials that are stacked improperly, stack them correctly. Put them orderly so that way that it gives you the visual of stacking correctly, but also it's managed correctly. If you've got slips, trips, and falls, report them. If there's near misses, report those. That'll help you correct or mitigate the situation or the hazard later. Got any cords like extension cords or cables laying around or hoses? Pick them up. Retract them. Put them away. Cables under the desk? Daisy chain them. (laughs) If you've seen it, you probably have witnessed it. You probably know it's there. Employees, make sure that all the workers are wearing their proper footwear. And encourage your employees to inform you immediately of any potential safety hazards or incidents with or without injuries. Near misses are important. Report them. Any close calls, report those. Any stories you've got to tell, use it as a case study. Just make sure you implement those corrective measures immediately afterwards. Now, slips, trips, or falls, or even the loss of balance, traction, or grip are the leading cause of fatal and non-fatal occupational injuries, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. Things like oil and grease. If you don't use the right kind of cleaning protocols, you'll just spread that slipperiness around rather than getting it up off the floor. So to help prevent slip, uh, slips, trips, and falls, the Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety recommends the following. Report and clean up those spills or leaks. Obviously, keep your eyes and exits clear of items. Consider installing mirrors and warning signs to help with those blind spots. Replace your worn, ripped, or damaged flooring. You might want to also consider installing anti-slip flooring in areas that can't always be cleaned. And use drip pans and guards if you've got those leaks or spills. All right, so we've talked a little bit about slips, trips, and falls. Let's talk about eliminating fire hazards. Employees are responsible for keeping unnecessary combustible materials from accumulating in their work areas. So combustible waste should be stored in converted metal receptacles, disposed of daily, getting rid of all that stuff as possible, as much as, as much as possible. And you can refer back to OSHA's hazardous material standard for those standards. And the National Safety Council and their supervisor's safety manual, it also includes these precautionary measures for fire prevention and fire safety. Keep those combustible materials in the work area. Only keep what you need. All right? And try to move towards a just-in-time operation as much as possible. Store quick-burning flammable materials in designated locations. 
put them in the proper storage area. Avoid contaminating uh, clothes with flammable liquids. Change your clothes immediately and go through that eye wash the way you know how. Keep your passageways and fire doors free of obstructions. Stairwell doors also should be kept closed. Keep also materials that are stored high, 18 inches away from automatic sprinklers, and fire extinguishers and sprinkler controls if you got them in place. Make sure they're maintained. So in terms of dust, um, a little bit about slips, trips, and falls, a little bit about fire prevention. Let's talk about dust accumulation. Dust accumulation of more than one thirty seconds of an inch or even 0.8 tenths of millimeters, they cover at least 5% of the room surface. They do pose a significant slip hazard, but also an, a significant explosion hazard. So dust accumulation could be as thick as a dime. You can ask an industrial hygienist, but you should have one brought in, uh, an IH, and they should test the workplace for those types of exposures, especially if the opacity in the space is something that you can't see through or it's tough to see through. If you've got a fog or a cloud, it might be time to test it out. Now, the NFPA and the National Fire Protection Association and I, will, I'll place a link of their website so that way you have some notes about the dust and what you could do to prevent dust explosions. The NFPA 654 is that standard that we'll be placing in the link, but it also addresses identifying hazard areas and controlling dust through housekeeping. In that standard, that national proprietary standard, I'll actually state that the vacuuming is the preferred method of cleaning. But sweeping and water washdowns are all the, also other options. All right, so do the best you can. Try not to blow the dust around because you're just spreading it around. All right? And, of course, if you do that, you might suspend the dust and air. Clutter. If you've got some clutter, clutter is a clear tripping hazard. And a cluttered workplace will lead to ergonomic issues of people trying to step over them. It's just one of those unseen hazards that people don't ever do an assessment on. But it is possible. If you've got clutter in the area, people have to, instead of picking it up, they step over it and they just keep moving. Um, and eventually, you'll just have a clutter pile that's too high to climb. Obviously, keep your aisleways and stairways and all your exits clear. Keep your electrical panels clear. All that clutter, organize it or store it in another location. All right. How much debris do you have accumulating? And if so, you can determine the frequency and how often that occurs, and then you can manage it in a system before the occurrence of, uh, it shows its face. So you should have a mixture of deep cleaning and more frequent lighter cleaning um, that involves sweeping and responding to spills, but the frequency that you want to maintain is that you're actually trying to maintain the clutter before it starts to accumulate. Maintenance of buildings and equipment, it also might be the most important element of good housekeeping. So maintenance does involve keeping buildings, equipment, and machinery in safe and efficient working order, also in good repair. But it would also include maintaining sanitary facilities and regular painting and cleaning the walls. Broken windows, damaged doors, defective plumbing, and broken floor surfaces, they all can make a workplace look neglected. I often like to use the term tired, and I'll use that terminology in some reports that I do when I do third-party inspections, but if you've got a tired-looking facility, it might be time to step up your maintenance program, or at least when you determine the frequency, you you, you're going to determine a better frequency. All right? Think about your light fixtures. If it's got dust on it, clean them. 
Um, you don't want that dust when it piles up to drop down on someone or something or even on the floor and not get picked up. Tools. If you've got tools, tool housekeeping is very important. And that 5S that we talked about earlier, there's shadow boards to put your tools away. Whether you keep them in a tool room or on a rack or in the yard, even on a bench, keep them clean, return those tools, put them back so that way they're there when someone needs them. And if you can, get your workers to create a, a regular inspection process or a cleaning and repair process for all those tools. Keep them in great repair and keep them in service because if the great repair is maintained, then of course you're going to have those tools in service when they're needed. All right. Last thing I want to talk about is I want you to think about sustainability and long-term success factors. So I want you to finally think about how long-term is going to help for housekeeping. Frequency, scheduling, maintenance, preventative maintenance. Keep that in mind because housekeeping should be more than a one-time initiative. You don't just go out and do a police call like we do, like we did in the military. Line up, get everybody on the on the same page, and clean up once a month. No, you want proper, frequent maintenance. So it should be continued, and make sure you monitor and audit those areas to make sure that you are keeping your schedule the way you said you are. You want to do what you say you're going to do. So is that all there is? Hardly. <laughs> but we're kind of running out of time. So let's end here. Thanks for choosing to spend some time with us today. And if you found this helpful, please share or tell someone else about us. And until next time, I'm Tim Page Botter. Take care of yourself, take care of others, and we'll see you down the road.